We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Hey, sports fans. For some picks destined to fail, it's time to hear what the Sports Daily staff thinks of the weekend games. Making some picks again here on Sports Daily, our Friday tradition. And we always kick that tradition off with Jad and the receipts. Jad, how'd we do last week? Where do things stand? Well, I can tell you, Tommy, you did good. Let's go. Paul, you did real good. And that's about all I need to say. I think. Okay. No. <laughs> all right, all right. Wow. Uh, How it turned out, Jacob, you didn't do so bad. You went 500, 5 and 5. But Tommy and Paul both had a fantastic week. Uh, They both went 8 and 2. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Overall, what does this mean? Well, just taking a look at uh, how everything goes overall so far, we've still got Tommy in the lead, but he didn't manage to gain any ground on Paul. So right now... uh, See Tommy thirty-seven and twenty-six and one, Paul thirty-five, twenty-eight and one, and Jacob thirty-two, thirty-one and one. So hey, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a minute here to uh, go ahead and and let's get into it. But then at the end, I want to tell you I'm gonna do some math and figure out what my winning percentage is right now. I'm eleven games over five hundred, so I feel like that's pretty solid. I'm gonna I'm gonna the tell you the remarkable thing is. about this. By the way, we're picking against the spread. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, We're we picking are. against the spread, and we've all gone over 50%. That's pretty wild. It really that, is. That, that really surprises me, quite frankly, Yeah, uh, that we're both over—we're all three over 50%. Uh, and I hope everybody understands that I'm distracting from the fact that I'm behind here. But, <laughs> um, you know. I've got a 50—a a 587 winning percentage right now. I just want to point that out. Start selling those picks, Tommy. That's all I know. That's all I can tell you. Start selling them. Start selling those picks out there. Uh, Tommy's handicapping service. Um, <laughs> I'll take a five percent cut of of what you get there. So we're kidding. Don't do that, everybody. Uh, we're having fun, but what we really are. Like I, I am pretty stunned that we're all three over five hundred. All right, Jad, hit the music. Let's do this thing. Uh, Paul, here we go. I'll let you start us off. This is interesting. TCU, unbeaten, right, going out to Morgantown, which is always interesting. TCU at West Virginia. West Virginia getting a touchdown and a half, seven and a half points. You you buying in to the Mountaineers out there at home, or you think TCU handles business here? Well, I don't know if I buy into West Virginia or not. That's a very good question because I guess my question would be which West Virginia team shows up. The one that can be good, the one that could be a giant killer, the one that can be very, very competitive, or the one that doesn't do all those things. I don't know, but I know that TCU is probably destined at least at some point for a letdown. I'm probably going to be on an island here, but I'm going to take the seven and a half because I like the half, 
over the seven. So I'm going to take West Virginia. I think I could be making a big mistake, and I admit it right now. Yeah, it's. I put it on here because I think it's a really difficult game to pick, actually. Tommy, what do you think? Well, you know, Paul is correct in one aspect where at some point TCU is destined for a letdown. It's not going to be this week against West Virginia. I'm going to take TCU. I'm going to lay the points, and I think that TCU rolls. You know, this is interesting. West Virginia last week got smoked in Lubbock, 48-10. to But the week before that, they beat Baylor, 43-40. Um, there you go. There you go. And, and, you know, Kansas went out there. That was their other home game in conference, and that was the wild and wacky overtime Kansas win, right? But you'll remember West Virginia had them down early. West Virginia flat plays better at home than they do on the road. There's just There's just no doubt about it. That's what scares me a little bit about this game. TCU has been playing with fire. I, I don't like this game. I don't like this line. I don't like anything about it. Um, 48 to 10, though, still sticks in my head just a little bit too much. I'm going to take TCU, and I'll lay the points. But, Paul, I think you're on – honestly, I think you're on a pretty good island there for that one. All right, Tommy, you go Florida, Georgia. Uh, not the band, the football game. 22-and-a-half points Georgia's favored against their rival Florida. What do you think? Well, Georgia's clearly the top team in America, and there's not a doubt in my mind that they are. However, 22-and-a-half points, that's a lot in an SEC game. Uh, I don't like that number at all. I know Georgia's number one, but I'm reluctantly going to take Florida, and I'll take the points. Uh, I'll go second here. Again, I put these on here because I think they're the most difficult. doesn't mean we're, you know, these are the games we're betting. The only thing that gives me, Georgia, Georgia's had a little stretch there where teams played them close, you know, Kent State, Mizzou, and then they just, they just been rolling people. I don't know how good Florida is. That's the hard part. I'm going to take Georgia at home. I don't normally lay those kinds of points in SEC games. I'm going to go against my own rule, basically. I'm going to take Georgia at home because I do think they're kind of rolling at this point. 22 and a half. I mean, my goodness, that's a lot of points. Paul, what do you think? Break the tie. If this game was about two, maybe three weeks ago, I think I would take Florida. But this game is today. And I'm not sure I have the confidence in Florida that I had in them. Oh, let's say three or four weeks ago, they were starting to show the talent that they have. And they've got some talent, but they're kind of they're kind of nicked up a little bit here and there. Uh, for that reason, even though 22 and a half points is a lot of points, Georgia has the capacity to roll and they can roll anybody. So for that being said, Jacob, I'm joining you. We're going to put Tommy on an island over there with Florida. All right. But I'm going to go ahead and take Georgia. All right, here we go. Oklahoma State and Kansas State. This is the big one. I'll start us off here. The Cowboys getting a point and a half in Manhattan. All the things we've talked about all week long. The uncertainty here and the fact that we pick this game right now. I'll probably bet this game because I I enjoy betting K-State and KU games. I'll bet it, but I'm not going to place anything until I know about Adrian Martinez. On Friday, though, when we don't still know about Adrian Martinez and Oklahoma State getting a point and a half, I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'll I'll go against K-State for the first time this year in their line. I'll take the Cowboys. I'll take the point and a half. 
and that's how I'm going to roll with it on Friday. I'll reserve the right if Adrian Martinez plays to change my mind tomorrow, but on Friday, before we know, I'll take the Cowboys. Tommy, what do you think? It's been so surprising all week that Kansas State has been the home favorite and remains the home favorite, even with the uncertainty regarding the starting quarterback. I know the Wildcats are getting healthier on the defensive side of the ball. That's solid. They're in Manhattan. That helps. I don't know. I feel like if if Oklahoma State, if they were giving points, it would be a little bit different. But Oklahoma State is a top 10 team getting points. So because of that, I'm going to take the Cowboys. All right, Paul, what do you think? You got a chance for an island with the Cats here as far as our pick goes. You know, I want to be on an island on this pick, but I'm not confident in, in, in where the Cats are right now. You guys spelled it out exactly right. I'm not sure where the Cats are. I'm not even sure the Cats are sure where the Cats are. I've got to go with you guys. We're going to leave that, that island unoccupied. I'm going to go ahead and take Oklahoma State. Yeah, it gets it gets tough. It's tough. I, I get it. it. I think that if Adrian Martinez plays and the line stays there, I may actually put my money on K-State, but we just don't know that yet, and we make these picks on Friday, uh, so that's where we stand today. All right, another Big 12 game next. Paul, you can lead us off. Your Baylor Bears at Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, laying two and a half points. You going to take the alma mater there? Hey, Tommy, what do you think? Should I sing again? What do you think? What do you think of that? That was uh, pretty outstanding, wasn't it? You know, I'm I feel like we I feel like we need to give you like I feel like we need to give you like once a month the opportunity to sing that and that's it. Like you're not allowed to sing it again. So like you've already used your allotment for this month. Oh, I have? Okay. Well, I'll wait in a couple, two or three weeks and, and do it again. But with that being said, I like Baylor in this game. They played they played uh, pretty well last weekend. I watched a good chunk of that of the Baylor game last week. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and take Baylor. TCU, I never have had a feel for them yet this year. Sometimes they live up to what I think they should be. Sometimes they don't. I'm going to go ahead and take Baylor. But it wouldn't matter who Baylor was playing, period. You know, I'm a sucker for that. And that's why Jacob does this, because he thinks he's going to be able to pick up games on me with Baylor. So you, wait, you didn't take Baylor there? I did. I took Baylor. Oh, you did. Okay. All right. You took Baylor. Sorry. I, I, I confused myself, I think, a little bit. All right. So Paul's on on Baylor. Tommy, where are you at? I've got two words for you about this game. Richard Reese, the freshman running back, absolutely ran all over the Jayhawks a week ago with 186 yards on the ground two touchdowns and he added 26 receiving yards the Baylor Bears are leaning on him big time I think that continues and you know I think that because they're getting points I'm going to take the Baylor Bears and I'm going to take the points oh I like this island give me tech at home I mean look at what they did last week at home tech's got a little buzz Baylor's back Baylor's back in the right direction I do think but I tech at home Tech at home has been good. I'm going to take Jacob, Tech at home. A I'll reason, lay the two and a half. There's a reason why Paul and I are are leading this thing, and you're not. Yeah, and I think is. that's the reason why right there. Hey, you got to play to win. I'm not making up ground by uh, by keeping things even on you guys. That's Jacob, for sure. I got to I got to take a shot when I've got a shot. Yeah. Real quick though, before we move off this game, you know, have you guys noticed how little NIL is mentioned in in game day on on Saturdays when take games are are actually uh, being aired and you're watching them live. NIL is hardly being mentioned. The, the situation with Richard Reese was mentioned. 
that he has an NIL deal with Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I've got to thinking to myself, what better, what better sponsor would you like to have to be able to give you money for eating candy? And I think, I think that's it. But isn't it amazing? Have you guys heard any other mention other than Richard Reese in an NIL deal? Has anybody heard anything about NIL while a broadcast is going on? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a part of college football now. Um, they're they're talking on. about it. Not on Saturday game day. I haven't heard hardly anything. I don't, I don't watch. I don't watch Saturday game day, so I don't know what to tell you there. Um, I'm I'm busy chasing kids. Uh, okay, let's go to Ole Miss at A and M. A and M plus two at home against Ole Miss. I don't know. I don't ever know what to do with A and M. Tommy, I think you're up first to lead us off here. What do you think? Well, I think Jimbo Fisher is under a lot of pressure. Um, and, you know that his tenure with the Aggies has not gone according to plan. And uh, he might be coaching for his job at this point. I'm going to take A&M, and I'll take the points. Uh, I mean, I put this on there, and I still don't know what to do with that. I'm going to take Ole Miss. i got to make up ground on you, Tommy. So it's it's a coin flip to me. I'll take Ole Miss. A&M feels like a mess, but we know they're really talented. Ole Miss is, you know, they're having a nice year, even though they kind of had a bit of a letdown against LSU last week. That's really the only letdown they've had. Kyle Field's tough. I'll take the points when I can get them, and I'll take the two and take Ole Miss. Paul? Texas A&M is located in the state of Texas. There's a saying about people or things or teams like Texas A&M is right now. All hat, no cattle. Right now, this is probably the most disappointing football team in all of, of NCAA football, Texas A&M. From where they should be to where they are right now, it's horrible, horrible. For that reason, I'm going to go ahead and uh, join uh, Jacob. I'm taking Ole Miss. All hat, no cattle is interesting and a good a good one. I like that, Paul, because what's A&M done lately? They've lost three in a row. I'm not sure why they're favored at home other than they're all hat, right? That reputation of the class and the five-star guys and all that's there. They just lost at South Carolina. They haven't won right. since September. It's got to be uh, desperation mode right now it, for, it totally for the Aggies is. And, and Jimbo Fisher. I think they win. It was desperation mode when they went to South Carolina. I'm not saying I don't think they win. I think this is a really hard game to pick. It's just remarkable how disappointing Texas A&M has been and continues to be. Uh, with Jimbo Fisher. All right, let's go to the NFL. I told you we were picking Panthers-Falcons. No, it's not like punishment. The winner here is going to be leading the division. Falcons are favored by four. I think I'm up first here. I'm going to take the Falcons. Uh, I, I think that we'll see. It'll be interesting because Carolina's defense is legitimately good, right? there. That's a good, good defense, and I do think the Falcons will struggle to score. Uh, but I also think Carolina will struggle to score. And and I'm just I, I think that the Falcons are probably feeling a little bit overlooked right now. They're at home. I think they can win it by four. Paul. Well, this is a very very difficult game to pick, even more so than some of the others will be uh, in the NFL. But I'm going to go ahead and go with the Panthers, and I don't know why I'm going to do that. I'm just going to do that. I, I mean, in this game, I think it's probably as good a reason as any. I think this is this this is a pretty difficult game. Tommy, what do you think? First off, I love uh, Paul's analysis there. I don't know why I'm picking it. I'm just picking it. That's really, 
really deep and really insightful there, Paul. Um, <laughs> as far you. as my as far as my pick is concerned, the Falcons clearly watched the Buccaneers play last night and had to have thought to themselves, we can win this division. They also have one of the easiest schedules remaining in the NFL for the rest of the way. This is an opportunity in the division to take on a Panthers team that, yeah, they beat the Bucks last week, but they're due for a little bit of a letdown. They're still the Carolina Panthers. I'm taking the Falcons to cover. All right, let's go Bears-Cowboys. Paul, I believe you're up first here. Cowboys minus 9.5 against Chicago, who maybe found something against the Patriots. I don't know. What do you think, Paul? 9.5 points, a lot of points. Well, this Patriot team is not the Patriots that we think of with uh, Bill Belichick. There's no question about that. But it was still still a good showing. Uh, But I like the Cowboys. I got stung. Actually, I stung myself last weekend not picking the Cowboys. I should have done it. And I'm not going to let that happen again this week. I'm going to go ahead and take the Cowboys at home, and I'll go ahead and give the nine and a half. Tommy, what do you think? Well, the Chicago Bears found their offense on Monday Night Football against the Patriots. They figured out how to get Justin Fields loose and how to rely on David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. I think that continues. Nine and a half, it's a lot of points. I'm going to take the Bears to cover. Yeah, I am too. I think the Cowboys will win this game. But nine and a half, and, and you know, the Cowboys were my favorite bet last week, and it, they got lucky to cover against the Lions. Um, the Lions had to fumble on the goal line to give the Cowboys the opportunity to go ahead and get their cover. I, I, I think the Cowboys will win, but I think they're going to have a hard time winning by 10 points. I think the Bears, you know, if the Bears learn their lesson and they let Justin Fields run a little bit, as good as the Cowboys' defense is, the one thing that great defenses can struggle with is a running quarterback because it's unpredictable. Uh, so I think the Bears can get within the number, and they'll cover that 9.5 points. All right, Cardinals at Vikings. Tommy, you're up first. Your Vikings lay in 3.5 at home against Arizona. What do you think? Well, I'm still on the Vikings to win the division, you know, especially after the struggles with the Packers. And uh, I don't think there's an, I mean, the Bears, yeah, they beat the Patriots, but I don't think they win the division. I'm still on the Vikings. uh, And I think they've got an opportunity here to play against a Cardinals team that, simply put, is not very good. And so I'm taking the Vikings to cover. All right, Paul, what do you think? Well, the same thing, uh, pretty much the same, same outlook as Tommy. Uh, I'd be a little more comfortable if it was two uh, two and a half points instead of three and a half points. But I think I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings as well. I'm joining Tommy on that, that one. Yeah, I knew better than to put this one on here because I was afraid of an island. It's just one of the games that featured, a, you know, better than average probably teams this year. But I'm going to take the Vikings as well. They're coming off a bye if I'm recalling correctly too, which I think is significant. And, and you know, from I, I, from – scouts takes that I've heard this week Kirk Cousins generally finds success against the style of defense that the Cardinals run I do think this will probably be a pretty good game uh, but I think the Vikings can get it done by uh, by you know three and a half is a bad number but we'll, we'll take it anyway uh, Vikings is a sweep this week Patriots at Jets Paul you mentioned the Patriots not being the same Patriots of old think they can cover three points on the road against the Jets who uh, as we learned earlier this week, unfortunately lost Brees Hall, Wichita's own, for the season. Heartbroken. That was the word that I wanted to share with you with regards to Brees Hall and what has happened. I'm heartbroken. 
here's a young man that, boy, oh boy, did he burst onto the scene. Rarely do we see that from a rookie like that, and I was just heartbroken. Now, with that being said, how good will the Jets be without Brees Hall? They've been able to run the football as well as anybody here over the course of the last few weeks uh, in the NFL. Uh, what will happen with the Jets? I'm not sure, and because I'm not sure, I'm going to go back to the system, a system, a Bill Belichick system. They still got some things. Now, there's some also some questions with quarterbacks, with quarterbacking with, with the Pats. I'll tell you what. I'm going to pick Bill Belichick. I'm not picking the Pats. You understand that? I'm picking Bill Belichick. I'm taking Bill Belichick this week to win by more than three. Uh, okay. Patriots, Tommy, the Jets. I, I love this game because it's like, it's so strange to me. I don't know why, but I just don't have any idea. Do you have some idea on this one? Jets plus three, Patriots laying the points. Well, considering the quarterback controversy in New England, um, that makes it a little bit more difficult uh, for me to analyze this. But going into the running back situation with the New York Jets, they don't have Brees Hall. He was the odds-on favorite to win the Rookie of the Year. That's really devastating. But the Jets still have Michael Carter, who is not a bad running back. He's been fairly effective. I'll tell you, I actually like the Jets on the money line here. So I'm going to take the Jets to cover. Oh, man. The three, getting three points at home. Yeah, I'm going to join you, Tommy. I, Michael Thank Carter's you. a pretty Thank good player. I, it's, it's really that the Jets' defense is legitimate. And I think the Patriots are going to struggle offensively. Um, it's going to be an ugly game. Uh, we saw the Bears find offensive success. Maybe the Jets can get a little something going. Um I, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the home points, but again, hesitant. Certainly not a game I'd actually bet, but that's the way we'll pick them. All right, last one: Niners at Rams. This is actually one that I am betting this weekend, and I'm betting on the Niners. I, I'd like the Niners in this game. I think they're very, very eager now to show the world that Christian McCaffrey was a good deal. I think that they're getting healthier. I think they're as healthy offensively as they have been all year. And defensively, they should be coming along. The Rams have really struggled. I'm going to take the Niners, who have been very successful in this series over the year. Uh, I'll lay the point and a half, take San Francisco. Paul, what do you think? I think the McCaffrey deal is, is a big deal. I think this is now enough time to fit in, to understand, to grasp uh, teammates and, and, and what's going on with the system. I am also going to take the 49ers, the Rams, Eh, you know, something is just, you know, they, they don't float my boat when it comes to, to, to winning these kind of games. I'm going to go ahead and take the 49ers and join you, Jacob. All right. Uh, Tommy, a chance for an island to take the home dog. What are you going to do? Oh, this one is really, really difficult uh, because, yes, the Rams are down. Matthew Stafford is not having a great year. Um, I don't know. Sean McVay has been a wizard. And he's, he's, he's got weapons still. Cooper Cup is still there. Let's not forget. Um, but, man, that offensive line has not been good this year. And the 49ers have added a lot of weapons, including Christian McCaffrey. Jimmy Garoppolo is not great, but Christian McCaffrey makes up for it. I don't think I can take that island. I'm going to make it a clean sweep and say the 49ers will cover. Okay. All right. Well, don't there's a clean it. sweep. Pl plenty of time, plenty of time or opportunities for movement one way or the other. 
uh, as we continue to make picks and all at a successful level, unfortunately for me, at a, a smaller level of success than the two of you. Uh, but we'll make up the ground. Paul, enjoy the mountain air up there. Uh, you know, come back someday. Don't you know? Ho- hopefully, we'll see you again soon. <laughs> gotcha. All right, big boy Tommy. Congratulations on a great week from last week. Good job, my friend. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate that. You too. Get out of here, you two. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's let's take a break. We're going to bring in Matt Henderson of CatchItKansas.com to talk a little high school football. The playoffs start. Uh, at least on the full slate tonight. We had a little bit yesterday, but we'll look ahead to the 11 man. That's coming up next on Sports Daily. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Fridays this time of year mean it is time for some high school football talk, and we begin the playoffs this week. Really, for 11-man, everything gets going tonight. We had a little bit of action yesterday. We welcome in our buddy Matt Henderson, executive producer of CatchItKansas.com. You can see the Catch It Kansas show featuring all the best highlights, scores, uh, post-game reaction. That's coming up tonight at 1035 on the KSCW. Coverage begins at 10 o'clock on 12 News on KWCH. Matt, welcome in. It's the postseason. I know this is your favorite time of the year, the time that you put a lot of miles on the vehicles and don't sleep a whole lot. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, looking forward to it's going to be surely be a long and crazy next month, month or so. Yeah, you can see all the brackets up at catchakansas.com right now. Those will be updated as we get through the games tonight. Um, I'll start you first here, Matt, with Mays. We felt like they've been perhaps the best team in the Metro this year, looking at their bracket and Salina South tonight, they shouldn't have uh, too much of an issue, but then it gets really interesting for them as the bracket continues. If Capen beats Goddard, Capen feels like a little bit of a dangerous team. Then you're getting into a situation where Hutcher Carroll comes in, feel a little bit dangerous. And we know they have some experience uh, to some degree against those teams, but Mays, they may be the favorite, but 5A is pretty tough. Yeah, it's almost like the uh, bottom half for Hayes. The two seed kind of uh, lined up a little more easier for them to make it substitute than it did for Mays. Yeah, because you're you're talking again like like Cape, and I think they were basically universally top three, top fourteen preseason. They end up losing four games, but we all know that Cape can just go off at any moment with that offense they have. Uh, Carroll versus Hutch, they, they seem to be like playing in the playoffs every single year. That could happen next week. But yeah, Mays. I mean, tonight you imagine they'll they'll get through Salina South, who's not having a great year. Next week, Capen or Goddard, you just mentioned it. That's one of the better matchups that we have for the first round tonight. So we'll see what happens there. But I mean, you still have to project Mays to at least advance, though. It's just that they are nothing will come easy for the Eagles this year. Let's we'll just go with that. Let's talk a little bit about the path for the number two seed Derby in uh, 6A West. They have Topeka this weekend. Uh, but then after that, you've got a three seed in Garden City that could potentially await you. And then, of course, further down into the bracket, number one seed Manhattan, number four seed Northwest. How do you feel about Derby's path to a state title? 
um, getting through Manhattan, I think I think it's really that are going to be the, the toughest thing for anybody right now because this Class Six A has been so like, oh, here's a random loss sprinkled in here and there for every single team in this in the class except for Manhattan. They have taken every test and they have passed it with flying colors. The closest, of course, being Week One when Derby took them to overtime. So we'll see. I mean, Derby. I mean, we're looking at you get through Topeka High tonight. Next week, I mean, we'll see what happens with Lawrence and Heights. You could potentially get John Randall versus Dylan Edwards in the playoffs. It'd be a great running back matchup. Uh, the bottom half, uh, Garden City, Washburn Rural, one of the two of those. Uh, I would I would project Derby to win there, and then yeah, you said you said like I said just waiting for Manhattan. It's a matter of how they handle that this second matchup. Can they beat them beat them twice? And we know just how hard that is to do to beat a team twice in one year. Uh, talking to Matt Henderson, executive producer of catchatkansas.com. It's not just football postseason. You can find at catchatkansas.com right now uh, volleyball playoff action, a story on Hillsboro and their remarkable run, Andale the same thing, uh, playoff soccer action from last night, May South with big winners. You can find all that at catchatkansas.com, as well as the football, which we're talking about here. Um, we go down to 4A. 4A to me, Matt, is always the most unpredictable um, year in and year out. Do we have a team from our area you think that's a legitimate contender? Is it McPherson who's the two seed? Are they a good enough team from what we've seen to go try to win a state title? Yeah, I think I think it's a lot of question around McPherson is can they finally get over that hump? Because you know we always talk about the, the success that school has in so many sports. They have never played for a state championship in football. They've never even made it that far. And you're wondering, is this the year? I mean, it's set up for them very nicely. You're looking at a 4A thing where seven schools have two wins or fewer entering the playoffs. So they should be able to get through the first rounds, you would imagine. I mean, second round, you're looking at potentially Bueller, who they just beat the doors off of last week. Um, well, Migo is the tricky one. They, they uh, uh, you know, just uh, close to Manhattan out there, they uh, have a – Quarterback Hayden Oviat, who's going to Army, will we'll play quarterback there at the Service Academy, and they have looked an unbeatable even through his injury this year. So it could set up to where you're looking at McPherson if they get through Circle, who they already had the one big win against this two, as well this year, three seeds. Like, can they get by Wimigo? That seems like the uh, biggest roadblock for them before they inevitably, I'm sure, face one of those KC private schools in the final. Sticking in 4A. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other area schools that could potentially be dark horses to make a run in the playoffs. We've got number three circle. We've talked about them before uh, and their uh, turnaround season this year. You've got Wellington is the four seed and or central is the five seed. Uh, are there other teams in the area that you think of that come to mind in four a that could potentially make a run? We'll see. I mean, you never know what's going to happen with the playoffs. Like you look at like two years ago with Arc City, nobody, I don't think anybody would have guessed that they would have made that state championship run. And that's just kind of how 4A works on the West side. Um, like Wellington is a team that is look, looking like they're coming together at the right time. They nearly upset McPherson a few weeks ago. Matt had to win that on a game-winning field goal as time expired. So that's the one I'm really looking at. But they, the, way, the fact that they would have to get through Amigo, they'll be the first uh, real tough test for, for, the, for Amigo there. Um, but they also have to get through Andover Central, of course. And AC, year in, year out, they ha always have a great program. We uh, love Coach Tuttle out there. So it's one of those schools, it would not surprise me in the least to see, it, to see any of those like top seven, top eight teams come out of 4A on the west side. 
Uh, we'll, we can probably uh, skip ahead to 2A because Andale is obviously the favorite to go ahead and win state again. They just they never let up. So down in 2A, and these get a little trickier, I think, for uh, the casual observers and even for me who doesn't you know lock it. Nobody knows more than Matt about this stuff. When you get down to 2A, it's not quite as clear in these brackets how they're set up. So when we look at 2A West – um, what do we like? What do we think? Because it doesn't feel like there's just like an overwhelming favorite this year to me. We have had Southeast of Celine up out of gypsum as our top team in the poll since the preseason. Um, this is it. They dropped from, they gave Andale a test, a pretty good test in the playoffs last year. I think they played Andale the closest game they saw a lot all last season in the postseason. They dropped from 3A to 2A this year. And they come in as, I, I would almost say a heavy favorite. They definitely on the west side okay. there, the, like the, the odds-on favorite right there. King, Kingman's a very good team this year. I've watched them play this year. They have a very talented group out there. So you're, you're looking at likely a Southeast Saline versus Kingman substate matchup. Beloit is a team. They were a uh, state runner-up last year. They lost the first two, and they were dealing with some injuries. They've been playing really well. So those are the ones we're kind of really looking at out of 2A. So, Matt, I'm actually going to disagree a little bit with uh, Jacob and say that we don't need to talk about 3A because I think we do uh, <laughs> in a little bit of a different way. Uh, my question is, are we just destined to see an Andale Collegiate State Championship game again, or is there another team in the lower half of the bracket that could come in there and take down Collegiate to ultimately face Andale in the championship game? I mean, it's upset, you mean. Yeah, so like for substate, that that's like I mean, I'll be I think uh, projecting Andale to get that far is the easy one. But yeah, you're looking at collegiate. I mean, I'm, I would say that they should make it to sectionals. Um, right. Scott City versus Teeny should be a very good matchup. Scott yeah. City is a team that had a down year last year. Their only team this year is coming to Millwood, Oklahoma, which is a team out of Oklahoma City, and they only lost to that team by ten. And they have they've gotten through their they have one of the more tough districts that they have and around the state with Holcomb and Hugoton. Um so we'll see what happens with Scott City and Cheney next week and it would not shock me in the least to see one of those teams be collegiate um come sectional around. That'll be one of the uh, one of my favorite three A matchups across the state though. Yeah, we didn't get collegiate and Cheney this year in the regular season. Um uh, they switched districts or something, right? So we didn't right. get that they one. Did. So that they would did. be a really that would be a really fun playoff matchup and scott city's always pretty good yeah i'd be, I'd be on board with with that being one of, it'd be probably one of the premier games of that week if it happens uh, all right matt uh you'll have brackets up tonight after the games go final we'll have all the highlights we'll have a couple post game uh stories for you guys as well it all comes this is a strange week in the playoffs because there are so many david versus goliath matchups but there's still some good ones in there uh, that we'll that we'll get our eyes on and, and get a good feel for. I think tonight. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, it, it <laughs> hang in there. It, it gets it only gets easier from here, right? This is the craziest week. Maybe next week, exactly. and then it'll start to loosen up for you a little bit. Oh yeah, just looking forward to it. one of the most fun times that we have around when covering high school football in the states. These first few rounds of the playoffs, kind of see which which teams are able to pull off those uh, upsets and just kind of follow them along. We'll get it tonight. There goes Matt Henderson. Matt, we appreciate it. Catchatkansas.com, the free Catch at Kansas app. And, of course, tonight, the Catch at Kansas show on TV. We'll have you all covered. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap up this Friday, 869-1240. Uh, maybe, a time for, maybe some time for a call, if you want, here in our last full segment of the show as we wrap up another week here.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back into Sports Daily. Uh, Tommy, I, I hate, and I never know how to really handle these things. You'll get a lot of chatter about Tom and Giselle's divorce and people, you know, making fun and having fun with it. I'm really not that interested in any of that kind of stuff, quite frankly. Um, I I think guys have off-the-field issues all the time. Obviously, Tom Brady is in the spotlight, and in in a marriage like this, both parties are in the spotlight all the time with everything they do. It's out there. You can see statements. I I don't know. Like this stuff, I kind of like. For me, it's like this is none of my business. I don't really care. Like I I, I it. But but it's a story. I mean, you'll see every headline and every news outlet and every everything, sports or anything else, gossip chat, whatever. We'll be talking about this today. But why do we care so much about this kind of stuff? Well, they're so public facing. Um, both of them are. It, it's different if you have just Tom Brady and. He didn't marry somebody in the spotlight, but he did. Uh, you know, Giselle is one of the the most popular models of all time, right? And so they're so public facing. They're so much in the public eye, um, and they've been together for a long time. It's kind of that, um, I guess, match made in heaven. The you know the quarterback and the cheerleader kind of thing, right? To to an extent, uh, and I think that people have this fascination when something like that falls apart to want to get all the details about it. So I understand it. I don't think it's fair to them necessarily, but I absolutely understand the attention considering how public uh, these two people are. Yeah, and and it's a it's an odd situation too because as big a superstar and celebrity as Tom Brady is, he married somebody that's just as big a celebrity and superstar, right? Like it's it's unique in that way too. But it just it all of the time and I know that I'm the outlier here. I just do not care about the personal lives in this way of celebrities. I don't I, I don't get into it and I've never been able to understand why people do. Like I just to me, I feel bad for for the situation. Like it sucks to have to go through that, I'm sure, for both of them. And and I feel I do feel bad. I have sympathy for that. And I don't like I don't know. I just like I'm always down for a good joke, but I, I just I'm not looking forward to this remaining such a big story as it will be or a perceived big story literally everywhere we turn for the next little while to see this. Hopefully it can go quietly. Hopefully everything's amicable because I'm far more interested in Tom Brady and his ability to turn around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers than whatever it is that's happening off the field. The other part of it is, and I do understand this. It's an easy place to look when you wonder why the Buccaneers have struggled. So to that degree, I suppose I do understand it. But, man, like, can we just leave these people alone in their personal well, lives? Come yeah, on now. I, 
I think that part of the reason why this is such uh, in the public eye has partly to do with the drama that happened with Tom Brady during the offseason, him retiring, then abruptly unretiring, and then the absence during training camp, and the fact that everybody was so tight-lipped about it for such a long time. Not that we're entitled to necessarily know what he's doing every single day, uh, but it does it does play into the the performance on the field a little bit and the way that the team has performed. And then you wonder um, how much of the the drama and the turmoil and the tension that's going on in his personal life is impacting the results on the football field. And, and I don't know, it might be, and I'll go ahead and say, I think it can be a lazy take to say, oh, well, yeah, the drama at home and the relationship with Giselle, that's why Tom Brady is washed. And that's why the team isn't playing well. Like, I, I don't think you can make that correlation. It's not a cause and effect kind of thing, but I do think it can be a contributing factor. It's not the oh, yeah, only factor, no but I think it can be a contributing factor. I, I think it was, uh, our, our friend Chelsea Messenger, our betting insider, who pointed this out. Like, people are acting like Tom Brady's the only pro athlete that's ever gone through a divorce, though. Yeah. So, uh, it, which of course is, which is, of course, silly. I don't think it's the only reason uh, that the Buccaneers are struggling. And again, to, back to our point at the top of the show, I think their struggles have far more to do with other things besides Tom Brady than Tom Brady, right? I think they can't run the ball. I think their defense is letting them down. Like, there, there are other factors here to why the Bucs are struggling. I just, like, imagine how it never sucks to be Tom Brady. Let me let me let me qualify what I'm about to say. But imagine how emotional and stressful it must be in this moment by itself to be Tom Brady. God, it has to be it has to be rough right now with all of this happening and and it will be very interesting to see if that laser focus, right, which has always made him so great can come back into play. Again, there's time. We're halfway through. We're not are we we're not even halfway through the NFL season. And they're playing in maybe the worst division in football. This this is going to be whether it's the final chapter or not of Tom Brady's career, a very interesting chapter to see if he can turn this around. Yeah, we're talking about a guy that has won so many Super Bowls. He's the greatest of all time and this is interesting to the public because he is so high profile. I understand the curiosity around it. I even understand the people who want to joke around about it because um, I'm one of them too. But ultimately... Well, right, jokes are jokes. I, I don't mind right. a joke. But I think ultimately, uh, I don't think you can pin it on just this. I think it can be part of it, but I don't think you can pin it on just this to sum up the struggles that the Buccaneers have had. Ah, what a what a wild ride the NFL season is, sometimes off the field as much as it is on. We'll come back, we'll put a bow on this week next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.